0: just yeah basically praying for like the strength and confidence to be able to believe in myself enough to like really start working on this course i just never thought this would be this would be happening like i I really didn't see it coming i didn't if you asked me a year and a half ago about this i would have been like what no i always get questions about sex and how to make it more pleasurable and what if the simplest answer is just to offer gratitude for those exact sensations the archetypes within us can work together to achieve a common goal. For example, the sage can help the lover complete her creative projects, and the lover can help the queen land the husband she desires. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the pod. He and here. Happy Wednesday, guys. Hope you're doing so good. Um, I don't really have anything in particular I want to talk about. Um, Usually, I record these episodes during the week to try and get organized, but today I'm recording it on a Sunday because I just haven't been, like, I haven't had a clear thing that I want to talk about, except one topic that I think I am just going to have to do a whole episode on. Probably the most controversial topic in the whole world right now, but. It's just been weighing so heavy on my heart that I really think I need to do an episode on it because I can't stop thinking about it, but I don't want to do that today. I'm going to wait a little while to talk about that. Um, But anyway, so I've just been trying to figure out what the hell to talk about and um, I kind of... So basically, what we're going to talk about today is like the feminine. Um... The divine feminine and different archetypes within um, the feminine, and also, uh, yeah, just talking again more about sexuality and like f- sexual power within our feminine essence. <laughs> so, should be a good one. Um, probably won't be as long as usual just because uh, I'm just flying by to see my pants here. So, we'll see what comes out. But um, I'm glad you're here. Hope you guys are just thriving today, and um, let's get into it. Okay, so to start off, I pulled a card. Well, so this card actually fell out when I was shuffling, which um, usually when you're doing an oracle card or something, if a card falls out, that's like a, a sign, that's a message. So I pulled this out, and the card is High Priestess, Harness Mystic Power. And the message is align with the light and focus on all things positive. The high priestess is the physical embodiment of the divine feminine, the goddess in human form. So that's so fucking on point for what I want to talk about today. So thank you very much, universe, for giving us this card. Um, She has had many names throughout time and space, but her essence has remained similar. Fierce, powerful, and disciplined. In many traditions, particularly pre-Christian, the High Priestess was in charge of spiritual and religious orders and was the voice of authority and guidance from the gods. The High Priestess in this deck is the consort and partner of the High Priest. If you look at them together, you will see they mirror each other's energy. She is joined by a black cat representing the Egyptian goddess Bast who protects her from lower energies, and she stands strong in her glory and power. You are a mystic with the capacity to connect with energies that go beyond the human senses. Within you is a force of magic that is directed by your will. There is an opportunity for you to rise up at this time, but it requires dedication and discipline. You are being guided to look at what you are working on or at the situation before you and determine where your priorities lie. If you are unable to figure, out, figure that out, you must use your intuition and discernment to focus on what will bring you closer to your goal and the happiness of everyone involved. When this card arrives, it's also important for you to check in with your intuition, as it will give you guidance that will be important for your growth. So that card's pretty on point for me. Um, literally, that's like a direct message for what I was. I was meditating a little bit ago because I just felt super. Like I'm trying to trying to describe how I've been feeling lately, like super kind of like weighed down and like claustrophobic in a way with all the things that I'm learning and all of the the truths that I'm like uncovering so I just feel like I've been needing space like I just keep thinking oh god I just need space like I need space to integrate all this like it's all happening too fast and I'm too busy and there's just so much going on like I just need some space um to process and like integrate and so I was meditating and I was just praying and like uh, just, yeah, basically praying for, like, the strength and confidence to be able to believe in myself enough to, like, really start working on this course. Like, I have it, but I just haven't been, I have it, but I haven't taken the next step, and it's, it's, it's this weird block. I've already talked a little bit about that, but I just was, like, praying for this, um, and I was kind of, like, channeling and meditating for, like, half an hour, and I was, um, figuring out, like, asking for guidance, and, um, I just kept getting, like, this is your divine task. Like this is what you're supposed to do. And it's gonna, it's making you uncomfortable for a reason because it's going to stretch you beyond like your wildest dreams. Like you're going to be stretched beyond your limitations. And like, this is, this has to move through you. So that message really resonates with me. Um, (laughs) uh, you're a mystic with the capacity to connect with your energies that go beyond the human senses. This is an opportunity for you to rise up at this time, but it requires dedication and discipline. Oh, yeah, I because I've just I was thinking if I just had two weeks with no plans whatsoever, no plans, just two weeks at home. I'm like, oh, wow, I could get so much done, but that's just not going to happen. That's not going to happen this summer. I'm like booked to the brim, which is so fun, but also Yeah, so there actually is so much to talk about today. Um, yeah, okay, let's just get into this whole shit. So here's a here's a new here's a new thing. It's perhaps very surprising. It was surprising to me, and it's not set in stone or anything. So, um, you know, I'm just it's just something we're pondering. So, basically, Sage and I, our lease is up in April here at this house, and we don't want to stay in this house anymore for a lot of reasons um our landlord is not a good person that's big reason um kind of s- pretty sketchy con artist man don't want to really live in his house anymore um it's super old there's a lot wrong with it um just we just don't want to be here in- anymore and it's pretty interesting because we came into this house wanting like such a big house and i just wanted more space and now just going through my like spiritual awakening, I'm really wanting like less and less and less and less belongings. Like I don't want so much room, like having this much room just feels very excessive. I don't want this many belongings. I don't know why I have a whole shelf full of different vases. Like I don't know why I have all these excess things. Like I don't, I don't want them when I used to want them really badly. Um, so that's really interesting just been going through that. Like I just was walking around the other day. Like I could get rid of literally all this stuff. Like there's not very many things that I would keep. Um, so anyway, that's just a side note, but so Sage and I were talking, as you guys know, we've been looking for a property, but nothing's come up. That's right. And the things that are closer to what we want are just out of our budget. Like we don't have the money right now. Um, since I'm not making money really <laughs> like he he's the only one with income which and especially when you're self-employed it's hard to get a loan um because they don't believe you they're like okay prove it yeah, yeah you're self-employed like prove it for the last 5 years what's all your income like show us all your tax returns and all your your bank statements and it's just harder to get a loan when you're self-employed versus uh, like having a regular job with an employer so anyway um the loans that we're able to get right now are not really ideal and um We can't really afford the house that we want, basically. So we were talking. We're like, oh, I don't know. Like, we should just start looking at more houses or I'm not sure what to do. Like, I don't want to rent this house again. And then Sage was just like, well, what if we traveled for a few months? And I just like, we were talking at the dinner table and I just was like, oh, my God. and My jaw just dropped. And I never thought of this. Like, I don't know if I would have even thought of this if he hadn't suggested it. Because for one, I didn't think it'd be something that he would want to do. And secondly, I just didn't, I don't know. It wasn't even in my scope. Like I wasn't thinking about it because I think I've just been so used to this like domestic life, I guess. Um, but once he said it, it just felt like a full body, like fuck. Yeah. Which is something that, um, it's like a term, I guess that I've learned like full body fuck. Yes. Like if your whole body's just vibrating and you're excited, like that's a full body fuck. Yeah. Like your body's just like, yes, let's do it. Let's go. <coughs> so as of now, we're thinking that we're going to start selling a lot of our stuff. We're going to get a storage unit for whatever we do want to keep and move all our stuff in the storage unit. Um, and Henry and Blue will stay at Sage's mom's house. Um, she's like totally fine with having them because she has a lot of pets. And uh, we also watch her dog for like long periods of time when she goes away. So it's a good deal. And Henry's so, so happy on the farm. Like obviously that's like the biggest. reason why I wouldn't want to leave is because I don't want to leave our pets but Henry loves it there and he has a dog to play with and he has 10 acres to run on so he really likes it which makes me feel better but and then our chickens will go with Emma and Stetson who have chickens and we're just gonna kind of surrender to the universe like travel pick a few maybe like three different places that we're gonna be for like three months or three weeks or a month and just work remotely and just fucking grind like literally grind our faces off working and just going super deep into this like i'm gonna be going super super deep into like my course and any other offerings i want to do coaching and um really establish a practice like a very deep spiritual practice and be more involved with like like the places that we're looking at going have a pretty big spiritual community. So I'll be able to go and do like breath work every day and like guided meditations and full moon, you know, ceremonies and mushroom ceremonies and ayahuasca ceremonies and really like get into it and just go super deep with all these things and like have the space to fully integrate it because we're just going to be alone, you know, alone wherever we are and there won't be so many responsibilities, which I love the responsibilities. I love taking care of the house and I love having pets and I love like having so many social obligations, but like having the space to not have any of that for like four months sounds incredible. Like it really feels like something my soul wants and will really help me grow. And Sage too is just like, I just want to work. Like I just want to grind my face off and like just go deep and be in a beautiful location and just have our routine where we just do it all day. And that actually sounds really good to me. Like other, like old Rohini would not want to go somewhere and just with the notion that we're just going to work all day. But now I'm like, yes, I want to get into this. Like I want to go fucking deep in this new work that I'm doing. So that's really exciting. And it just thinking about it gets me so fucking excited because I know it's going to make me uncomfortable because I am a person that is a homebody and I like my little routine at home. And I like, I always enjoy coming home. I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. But I want to feel that discomfort and I want to feel, (coughs) I want to like be pushed to a place where, where I know I will have to know that all I really need is myself. Like I am my home, you know, wherever I am with my soul, like that is home. I don't need a structure with certain walls and a certain routine to be home. Um, So that's huge. And just the the idea of packing everything I need into a small suitcase for multiple months. Like that just blows my mind. Like I pack so much shit for just a weekend trip. Like I want to grow in that way. You know, I want to just not have this attachment to material possessions. And I want to like, also the other, the other aspect that I really, really think is beautiful about this idea is that we are, we are just putting the intention out in the universe. Like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to work and the perfect house is going to come available when it's the perfect time. Like, it's going to be, it's it'll just be at the perfect time instead of us waiting and waiting and forcing and checking and, like, putting so much pressure on this house and this property. Like, we're just surrendered. We're doing our own thing. And, like, it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. Um, I really like that idea. And also, coming back from being away and living out of a suitcase and being in different environments, I think my priorities of what I actually will want in a house are going to be really different. Like I I feel like I'm going to be able to have a much clearer picture of what we actually want, what's necessary, what's excessive and like be really mindful and, um, like deliberate about our decisions with the house. So it's just an idea. It's nothing set in stone, but it feels really good. And I really want to do it. I really want to do it. (laughs) And I've been trying to figure out, because I really want to go do ayahuasca. I do an ayahuasca ceremony. I've been trying to figure out when to do that. And the places that we're looking at going, I will have the availability. And, like, it'll be close by enough, like, that I can go do ayahuasca. Um, So that's exciting. So, yeah. So many things happening. So many, so many things. I'm doing a – trying to figure out an official mushroom ceremony with a facilitator in September. I've never done an actual ceremony. Like, we've just – done mushrooms with friends but I think I already told you this but I don't remember last time I did mushrooms my download was like you don't do this anymore without a facilitator like this needs to be in a ceremony space like this is medicine for just for me because like the people that I were with were not having that but I literally like had my spirit guide that I talked to like booming down on me like you need to take this seriously like this is a medicine Like she's a medicine woman type of figure. And she was like, come on, Rainey, like this is a medicine. I want to work with you with this medicine, but I can't do it like in this space. So that was a super clear download and hopefully we'll be doing that in September. So it's just like so much transformation going on. And I keep thinking that I'm like, just, just the idea of us, it's kind of funny. Like, okay, we go from city life in New York, then we move back to our hometown move back to Seattle, live in Ballard, have like fun, more lively, like going out time in Ballard. And then we want to get away from the craziness. So we go to Bellevue and we have a big backyard and we get a really big house and we have a dog and a cat and chickens. And then now we're like, uh, actually let's go travel, which we've also never had that opportunity to travel together. Like the only place we've gone is Mexico in January. Um, we've always wanted to do that. And again, this is like my, like, I just feel like this is our year like our 2 years of just really getting to know ourselves deeply and like working through a lot of stuff and yeah like building this foundation before we have kids because i really do like i just feel like there's so much being uncovered right now and i want to like keep on this path so we probably won't have kids for a little little bit but yeah i'm just excited <laughs> i just never thought this would be this would be happening. Like I I really didn't see it coming. I didn't, if you asked me a year and a half ago about this, I would have been like, what? No, what? We're not going to fucking travel. What do you mean? But like, that just feels, it feels right. It feels like a good journey and I'm just excited about it. So that's a big update. Um, again, nothing set in stone. So if you guys see me not making moves, don't be surprised. Like I, I, I sometimes wonder if I overshare because I tell you guys things and then they don't happen. And then you're like asking me about them. Like, what's this, what's this like with the cafe? Like when's the cafe coming? Who knows when the cafe is (laughs) coming? Not for a long time, but it's still a dream. And I think it's, it's, I like speaking my dreams out into the universe and like, I think they're going to happen when they're meant to happen. But um, yeah, so I'm just fucking excited. I'm so excited about the possibilities, but yeah, and, and it's so interesting once we kind of had that talk and we're like, okay, should we do this? Like, should we travel? Should we put all our stuff in a storage unit and just like go? Ever since then, I haven't been able to sleep in our bed well, like I usually have always slept really well at this house. Like I just pass out, I have a really sleep, sound sleep, but ever since then, I'm like, like I don't feel comfortable as comfortable in our bed. Like it just doesn't feel right Even last night I even asked sage to switch sides with me and he's like we try and he's like I can't this feels so weird We need to switch back But it just doesn't feel like I don't I do doesn't feel like home as much I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, so exciting times Anyway that's big news and The other thing that I really wanted to talk about was, again, like the feminine magic of the feminine essence, which I talked about a little bit last week with my high orgasm story, but like I said in that episode, I ordered Adventures in Sex Magic, and I read, it's really quick read, and I read a lot of it, some of it is really like, even out there for me, like it's more like Wicca, like witchy stuff, which I, you know, have a lot of respect for, but I've never really learned about it. But he just describes, let me see if I can find. Um, So basically, he goes over, he explains the way to manifest things during sex and how, like, that is the most potent time to manifest because the veil is just so thin and, like, um, you can just speak your desires into the universe really, like, clearly. And um, the energy behind it's really powerful because you're, you know, orgasming. And there's a set, like, way to do it, which I've been playing around with and again it feels kind of interesting I've been playing around with like using this technique and the idea is you're supposed to ask for something that is realistic but slightly out of reach so like for instance me asking for um 25 million dollars to come in the mail in a couple of months like that's not realistic like that just is super random but me asking for like, actually, I don't think I'm supposed to say what I asked for. Uh, any, anyway, you're supposed to ask for something realistic, but slightly out of reach. So um, I did, I've been asking for this certain thing. And basically you set your intention of what you want to call in at the beginning of sex or beginning of masturbation. And then you like release it you like think about it and then let it go and then you just enjoy like the sexual pleasure and then once you're orgasming like you're already at the point of no return when you're orgasming like at the point of climax you're already going and then you bring it back in your mind and like repeat repeat the word that represents what you're calling in like like over and over then you just like release it and not think about it after that so yeah that's been really interesting and I've been asking for this certain thing and I swear this whole like travel plan came up like right after I started asking. And I really feel like that is a step that's going to be, that's an st- important step in what I've been like asking for. Like that will lead me to ultimately m- manifest what I've been asking for. So, oh man, so crazy. But um, something that I thought would be really useful and interesting for you guys is he talks about how gratitude is the best way to have enjoyable sex. And that might seem obvious, but I've never like done a gratitude practice in the same way that I do during meditation or journaling during sex. Like I don't know. Like I always think about it, I'm like, oh wow, that feels good or whatever, but I'm never like like mindfully focusing on it and like showing gratitude for the sensation. So let's see if I can find the part that Um, okay, so so he says also to imagine sexual energy as white light, which it's funny because when I was talking about last week um, how when you climax it just like feels like you're going in this white like the all you all your mind like goes blank and it's just white and so I guess that is you know not just me thinking that like that is that sexual energy is just white light and so now whenever I'm like having sex or masturbating I've been just thinking about the white light like I'm like okay focusing on this white light and like imagining the sensation, like the the pleasurable sensation as like a white light, like emanating in my body, if that makes sense. And it's been really interesting and really powerful. And I've been able to like feel that more. I don't even know how to describe it, but basically I've been having some really good sex, like really, really good sex. And I already thought I was having good sex, which I was, but it's been like, phew, like a whole different experience, like much more like spiritual out of body, like very yeah magical sex. (laughs) And, um, when you're having sex, you imagine, um, you focus on the sensations. Let's see if this is the right part of the book. Um, put all your focus into gratitude for the sexual act itself. If you're masturbating alone, you don't simply experience fantasies and orgasms, you experience gratitude for the pleasure you're feeling. If you're having sex with a partner, again, feel gratitude for the sexual pleasure, the sensation of touch, taste, and every sensual feeling. If you love the person you're having sex with, feel gratitude for the love. It's like just actually verbally or not, you don't have to say it out loud, but like in your mind, stating the gratitude that you have for this experience. So rather than just like, I don't know, saying, oh, that feels so fucking good. Like that's like a you know classic, like porn or whatever. That feels fucking good. Like you're thinking like, wow I'm so grateful for this like that feels amazing and you really think about like wow I'm so grateful for that certain sensation and it really works (laughs) like it really really works I've been just having crazy sex where I'm like completely out of my body and like totally just surrendered to like the pleasure and everything and just really like just let go and I've been orgasming during sex every single time rather than just like if he orgasms then I do right after like it's, it's been nuts. So this stuff really works. And I think it's really interesting, but again, if you want to order the book, it's adventures in sex magic by Damon brand, but it is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty witchy. A lot of it's pretty witchy. So take it and take it or leave it. But I definitely got some, some things from it. I'm not going to be doing a lot of the practices that he, um, talks about. Cause it's just a little bit too, too witchy for me at this moment. But, um, I think it's it's really cool. So I thought I would share that because I always get questions about sex and how to make it more pleasurable. And what if the simplest answer is just to, like, mentally offer gratitude for those exact sensations and focus on them by saying, like, wow, that, like, I don't know, that kiss or that, like, lick feels so good. Like, I'm so grateful. Maybe that's just the answer, you know? Maybe it's so much simpler than we could have ever thought. So, yeah, try it out. Let me know. Let me know, besties. Um, but... I also wanted to talk about so yeah the feminine, which is just this whole magic, magical essence and energy that I'm really tapping into lately. And I mean, in the last year, I've gotten a lot more confident in my body and like my sexuality and um, all of that. Like the confidence part has definitely grown, but now it's like a it's like a reverence. It's like a reverence for this feminine sexual essence that. I didn't even know was a thing like and being able to identify it too, like when I'm feeling like really horny or feeling really sexy in my body and like wanting to show off or whatever dance around like it's like oh okay like here you are like here's my divine feminine here's my you know sexual energy like coming up here it is and like wow this is awesome (laughs) and i don't know just holding a like a a sense of respect for it and channeling it and working with it and figuring out how powerful it is and like how it can be used for my benefit as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job Hello, beautiful! I have an incredible offer from Zola to tell you about today. Join 1 million couples who've planned their weddings with Zola! Zola makes wedding planning easier and less stressful by creating everything couples need All in one place. We got wedding vendors, save the dates and invitations, even free websites, registry, and more. Zola pre-screens vendors and makes personalized recommendations based on your style, budget, and more. Zola will start conversations with any vendor of your choice, which makes it so much smoother. Zola has hundreds of beautiful, affordable save the dates and invitation designs. You can order free samples beforehand to get a feel for them in person. They even have a built-in registry service. You can add cash funds, experiences, and gifts all in one place. Basically, Zola makes one of the most stressful jobs, wedding planning, a bajillion times easier. That way, you can focus on how special your day is going to be and not how difficult it is to find a vendor, pick an invitation design, and customize your registry. So, go to Zola.com slash acting today and use the promo code SAVE50, that's SAVE50, to get 50% off your save the dates. That is 50% off. That's huge. You can also get free personalized paper samples before you purchase them. That is Zola.com slash acting, A-C-T-I-N-G, promo code SAVE50. Thanks Zola. But um, I want to learn more about the Jungian archetype. So Carl Jung, you know, I've talked about him um, father of psychology, one of the fathers of psychology. He has archetypes for men and women. The women ones are a lot harder to find. I read a book about all the male archetypes and some of them are the same for women. Like there's a lover archetype for women and there's, um, what are the other ones? I'm on my phone, but anyway, I really want to learn more. I've been looking up different videos and things and, um, I want to read and like really study them. And learn about them but for now i wanted to share them with you guys because i think it's really interesting i found a website that talks about them and this is a whole subject of study so like you could read countless books on this and really do courses to figure out like really figure out all these archetypes but for now i can read you these little summaries and these archetypes are within are within all of us all of them are within us and once we can figure out what archetype we're mostly like dancing in like what what's our primary archetype right now Um, Which ones are we repressing? Which ones are we like are stuck in the shadows? Which ones are we you know using in a perverse way? Which ones are we using in a good way? All of that like they're all within us and there are shadow aspects of each archetype. They're like wounded and shadow aspects of each archetype. So once we can figure out what we're acting in we can recognize our different strengths weaknesses problems like pain points it's another way that we can identify that and once we identify it we can work with it and heal it and make it stronger and all of that so i thought i would share this is from i found this on the website women so the first one on here is the lover archetype which they have um kim from um sex in the city samantha in sex in the city she's the quintessential example of the lover archetype In myth, the lover is Aphrodite, Venus, Sirens, um, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know the other ones. Aphrodite, Venus, Sirens, Condita, Hathor, Erzuli, Kochikitsa, I don't know how to say that, and Venus of Wellendorf. As a psychological archetype, the lover archetype represents a woman's most primal urge to connect and create. As the oldest feminine archetype, The Lover represents a woman's erotic energy and her capacity for psychic and physical creation. When this archetype is active in a woman's psyche, she feels compelled to fulfill both procreative and creative instincts. Her energy field is charged and she becomes a magnet to those around her. She has presence and she's firmly rooted in the here and now. The Lover archetype has nothing to do with traditional sex appeal or male authored images of pinups that may come to mind. The Lover archetype represents a life force energy. On one hand, it is this creative energy that compels us to mate and pass on our genes. But in a broader sense, this life force energy, whether referred to as Shakti, Chi, or anything else, compels us to channel our feelings of passion into creation, whether that creation is another human being, an intense connection, a work of art, a poem, a theory, an invention, or even a manifestation of a new reality. Women who are aligned with the lover archetype are intimately connected to this creative energy, their sacred eroticism, sensuality, passion, and above all, pleasure. It's not unlike the Yoruban goddess, Osham, who represents the sweet waters and, uh, in essence, the sweetness of life. It's an energy channel available to every human being. The lover archetype inspires deep communication, intimacy, sensuality, and creativity. Lover women are unique in that they have a deep emotional need for both freedom and connection, and their romantic lives often reflect this. Everyone has access to the lover archetype. Um... Strengths: naturally magnetic, incites arousal and passion in others, creative, independent and pleasure-oriented. Challenges: vanity, lack of focus and fragile self-esteem. So interesting. Um okay, next one, the maiden archetype. Dark, free-spirited and open Mia Wallace in pulp fiction embodies the maiden feminine archetype. In myth, the maiden is Persephone, Proserpina, Inanna, Isis and the Minoan, Minoan snake goddess. As a psychological archetype, when the maiden archetype is, a do- is dominant in a woman's psyche, she exudes an effervescent, eternally youthful quality. In the negative, this archetype predisposes a woman to be both compliant and passive. Many young women pass through a maiden phase prior to marriage, motherhood, and career, before she has established a clear identity for herself. The Greek goddess Persephone's journey into the underworld teaches us a lot about how the maiden archetype manifests itself persephone the innocent maiden was abducted by hades god of the underworld and separated from her protective mother demeter she ultimately becomes queen of the underworld dividing her time below and above ground in reality a maiden woman may resemble persephone the sheltered daughter the runaway or the queen as a daughter the maiden is receptive sexually unawakened vulnerable and generally waiting for life to happen to her as the runaway the archetype presents as a creative irresponsible rebellious woman who finds herself drawn to risky situations and even dark abusive men. Think pop star Rihanna. Ooh. Um, maidens mature fully, ma- maidens mature, a fully integrated and self-actualized woman, only women, only after enduring significant emotional and or physical loss. In this way, their archetype also mirrors the descent of the Sumerian goddess Inanna into the frightening depths of the underworld where she is stripped of her power and hubris and repeatedly humiliated until she is rescued and replaced by her husband. A maiden may very well find her own strength in the seeds of her maturation and circumstances of extreme powerlessness. Mature maidens are creative, compassionate, spiritual and capable of displaying profound inner strength. Greatest strengths, empathy, creativity and receptiveness challenges, emotional codependency, diffidence, lack of autonomy and maybe drawn to dangerous relationships um that one is so interesting and it's uh I heard Mel Wells I really like her she's a spiritual coach and she has a lot of cool content but she did a I was looking up these archetypes like on a podcast trying to listen to them and learn about them and she did a little podcast talking about some of the archetypes and she shared a story about when she was heavily in her maiden archetype where she was just always waiting for someone to save her like take care of her. So like the maiden is always waiting for a man in order to be fulfilled or always waiting for this person like in this relationship to do it for you and then you'll be happy instead of like finding that within yourself. Yeah, that emotional codependency. Yeah, like being rescued, you know, the maiden, the damsel in distress. Okay, next one, the mother archetype. Nurturing and sweet, Carol Brady was the glue that held the Brady bunch together. She embodies the mother archetype. In myth, Demeter, Ceres, Yama, Yamanha, and Anihata, um, Gaia, Tara. I don't know any of these. Isis and Kalima. As a psychological archetype, when the mother archetype is dominant in a woman's psyche, she is a natural caretaker. The mother archetype represents a woman's maternal instinct, the desire to create life and to provide physical, mental, and spiritual sustenance. Unlike the lover, which inspires a woman to procreate, the mother is driven by the actual idea of motherhood. Even when a mother woman is childless or beyond childbearing years, she is responsible, protective, and finds great satisfaction in taking care of others. Mothers run the risk of putting others before themselves and neglecting their own needs. They often find it difficult to maintain personal boundaries, a characteristic that makes them phenomenally emotionally accessible, but but often feeling encroached upon and depleted of their vital energy. As maternal persistence is often an aspect of this archetype, she may be deeply stubborn. Greatest strengths, nurturing, persistent, compassionate, and grounded— challenges self-neglect stubbornness difficulty letting go of a caretaking role and lack of boundaries wow that's so interesting i feel like i've definitely been in my mother uh quite a lot and i feel like i'm kind of coming out of that now interestingly enough um the queen archetype elegant regal and devoted to her husband former first lady nancy reagan epitomized the queen archetype in myth hera juno isis parvati and Asherah. As a psychological archetype in myth, queen deities like Hera, wife of Zeus and Isis, wife and savior of Osiris, protect the sanctity of marriage. As an archetype, the queen represents loyalty, female sovereignty, and matrimonial devotion. Regal, stately, and naturally confident, the queen woman is motivated by a goddess-given instinct to marry and build meaningful alliances. The queen archetype can make a woman feel incomplete without a partner. She doesn't enjoy her single days nearly as much as her female counterparts. As a leader, queen women are capable of taking charge at home, on a board, in an office, and running a business, particularly a female-oriented enterprise, like Mary Kay Ash and Helena Rubinstein. She is often the queen bee of her circle of friends and a natural social butterfly. As a companion, queen women are often attracted to powerful, assertive men and are capable of demonstrating complete loyalty to their spouse and personal goals, and his personal goals. Like Hera of Myth, who was repeatedly humiliated by Zeus, Zeus's many extramarital affairs, queen women are predisposed to feel jealousy and rage towards other women, particularly those who threaten their position socially or their status as a wife. They're likely to overlook their partner's transgressions for the sake of their marriage. Greatest strengths, loyalty, and leadership challenges jealousy and vindictiveness. Mm. Okay, next one, the Huntress archetype. Athletic, driven, and victorious on the tennis court, Serena Williams embodies the Huntress feminine archetype. In myth, Artemis, Diana, um, Ishtar, Nujalik, Pinga, and Oya. I wish I knew what these were. I clearly need to read a lot more myths. As a psychological archetype, the huntress is a personification of the independent female spirit. She represents a woman's autonomy and ability to pursue a life of her own choosing. When this archetype is dominant, a woman's primary concern will be autonomy and attaining her personal goals. The archetype endows women with the innate ability to focus on goals, undistracted by competition or the needs of others. In this sense, she is the ultimate archer. The huntress lines up her bow and takes aim. Huntress women often embody the qualities idealized in the women's movement, competency, independence from men and male opinion, and commitment to causes about which they are passionate, particularly women's causes. Huntress women are often natural protectors of other women, particularly those who've been victimized. Greatest Strengths Self-reliance, courage, goal-orientedness often sympathizes with women's causes. Challenges can be aloof, emotionally unavailable, and potentially cruel. The sage archetype. Scandal's fictional DC fixer, Olivia Pope, embodies the strategic thinking, intellect, and worldliness of the wise woman archetype. Um, So, yeah, the sage is also called the wise woman archetype. Um, In myth, Athena, Neith, Anat, Anahit, (laughs) Durga, Freya, Inanna, Ishtar, Pele, Oya, Nike, Minerva, Lilith. Oh, God, I need to read some myths. As a psychological archetype, the sage archetype represents a woman's pursuit of worldly knowledge, strategy, and objectivity. Sage women face the world by arming themselves with information and forming meaningful alliances. Many female attorneys, academics, and politicians are moved by the sage archetype are motivated by the sage archetype, which encourages discipline, the pursuit of knowledge, proximity to power, and goal-oriented news. Hillary Clinton embodies this archetype closely. A woman who identifies with this sage archetype is capable of becoming a brilliant strategist. Seeing situations from an objective distance is her gift. She is also capable of becoming a skilled lover when she applies her quest for knowledge to the love arts. Women dominated by this archetype are often practical, competent, and competitive. In Greco-Roman myth, Athena is viewed as a protector of patriarchal values. As Zeus's favorite daughter, she is sometimes referred to as a father's daughter. In patriarchal societies, sage women often naturally identify with men and are often the product of strong paternal influence or the maternal influence of a woman who also embodies the archetype. They are drawn to powerful men and are perhaps best suited for corporate life. Sometimes these women struggle to form meaningful relationships with other women, and in extreme situations, they may use their emotional aloofness to intimidate the woman in their midst. Greatest strengths, emotional objectivity, worldliness, intelligence, and natural strategist. Challenges, frigidity, emotional availability, aloofness, close off from sensuality, and creative energy. Um, okay, there's more. Sorry, I know this is taking forever, but this is the last one, and I think it's so, so interesting. Um, okay, last one. The mystic archetype affable, introverted, and homebody Annie Hall, Diane Keaton embodies a mystic archetype in Woody Allen's film of the same name. Um, in myth, Hestia, Vesta, um, Chantico, and Gabija. I probably said all of those wrong. As a psychological ar- archetype, As an archetype, the mystic is a deeply introverted woman, focused on her inner spiritual world and most concerned with maintaining zen-like inner peace. While the huntress and wise woman use their direct energy to focus on external goals... The mystic focuses her energy on inner fulfillment. She values solitude and carries a figurative hearth with her and that she very much feels at home in her skin. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I'm clearly really wanting to embody this archetype. So this is so exciting. Okay. Back to the definition. Regardless of the situation, women who experience a heavy mystic influence are capable of detaching themselves from emotional situations and outcomes. She may even appear cool and detached as she focuses her emotions inward. The mystic is at peace, meditating, volunteering, creating, or following a spiritual path. This archetype is prevalent in religious sisterhoods underrepresented in the female population. The mystic represents the importance of going inward to find meaning a quality that is often downplayed and dishonored in Western society. Whether you are naturally aligned with this archetype or not, the cultivating uh, cultivating the mystic is helpful for all women for achieving balance and emotional distance. Greatest strengths, confidence, deep concentration, creativity, prioritizing inner peace, and captivating soulful quality. Challenges, deep introversion, social isolation, and emotional fragility. Frigidity, not fragility. Um. So then this is what they said at the bottom, how these seven feminine archetypes work together. Any or all of the archetypes may exist in a woman's psyche at any given time. As we enter certain phases in our lives, for example, college, wise woman, marriage, queen, or motherhood, mother, we activate different archetypes. Every time we fall in love or feel passionate about a creative project, we activate the lover archetype. Imagine a meeting where your ego is a moderator and the various archetypes that motivate you all have a seat at the table. Perhaps as your dominant archetype, the voice of the nurturing mother exerts the most influence at the meeting, followed by the relationship-seeking queen, and perhaps every once in a while, the passion-seeking lover. This is what we experience whenever we make a decision. When we feel pulled to different directions, it's typically because typically because different archetypes existing in our psyche want different things. The angst we might feel when choosing between law school, the Sage, and creative entrepreneurship, the Lover; between staying, becoming a stay-at-home mom, the Mother, or continuing the corporate climb, the Sage; or even be- between remaining in an unfaithful marriage, Queen, or starting anew, Huntress. The archetypes within us can work together to achieve a common goal. For example, the sage can help the lover complete her creative projects, and the lover can help the queen land the husband she desires. These archetypal drives may also clash. That's the therapeutic value of identifying your dominant archetypes. Okay, this is a very long article. Um, again, it's on womenlovepower.com. Um and it's called the an explanation of the seven seven feminine archetypes. God, my voice is just jumping over my words. Um oh, I think that's so fucking interesting. So I'm really excited to start using this as a tool because I can act, like realize when I'm heavily in my mother archetype or I'm heavily in my lover or um definitely want to be in my uh What's the last one? My mystic. That's the one I'm leaning towards. It literally says something that I was just saying. She values solitude and carries a figurative hearth with her in that she very much feels at home in her skin. So that was like, I just want to feel at home wherever I am without any, you know, material belongings. So I definitely would say that I've been in my, I think I'm most heavily in my mother archetype thus far. Like I'm always trying to take care of people and, you know, cook them food and make, them comfortable and, um, you know, be there for them and nurture them and all of that. I think that's my most prevalent archetype. Um, but also the lover because I've just been creating a lot lately and, um, and I definitely feel that like Shakti life force that's, um, come up in me recently. I think I was heavily in my maiden in high school, um, as so many are like just relying on male approval and feeling pretty helpless without someone telling me that I'm beautiful or hot or whatever. So that's definitely the maiden. But, um, oh my God, I'm so, so interesting. I love psychology. If I had to go back to school, I think I would go for psychology because it's so fucking interesting. Um, wow. It's already almost 50 minutes this episode, but yeah, just let me know what you guys think about that. I would love to hear what archetype you resonate with most and which ones you would like to cultivate, which ones you'd like to bring in. And again, this woman, Mel Wells that I follow on Instagram, um, she'll, she's like, she teaches this, um, archetype work. So she's very well versed in it and she will like put on a certain outfit and have a certain plan and be like, I'm so in my lover right now, or I'm harnessing my queen right now. And she really like, um, uses it as a tool and is very verbal about it, which I think is really cool. So I'm definitely going to channel my mystic. And it's cool to think about when you're making a decision, you have all of these archetypes at the table and each one has a little voice. So you can choose who you want to listen to, who you don't want to listen to, who's louder, who's quieter, all of that. It's such a great tool. There's so many tools that we have to work with ourselves. So, so many tools. Um, Ah oh, yes. So cool. Okay. I think I'm going to end this pod out just cause that was a lot of reading and my brain is like, my mouth doesn't seem to be working that well, <laughs> but I wanted to say, I'm trying to think my schedule is going to be really hectic and I'm hoping I won't miss any podcast episodes, but there is a chance that I do. I'm leaving for my, uh, retreat, my mass, my fellowship. Um, in Austin on the 28th of July. And I don't get back till the 5th of August. And then I'm leaving again after that to go to LA. So I'm going to be leaving a lot and I'm going to try to fit everything in. But in case I don't, um, this is just my apologies in advance, but hopefully I'll be able to squeeze it all in. Ah, so much going on in my life, but I love it. So much change. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Harness that divine feminine essence. It's so fucking powerful, and it's, I think, the reason why women have been put down and made to feel less than and shoved away and not listened to for so many years, centuries and centuries, is because we're so fucking powerful that the men know that, and a lot of men just can't handle it, so fucking harness it we're powerful bitches we are fucking powerful we have it all in us we have it all in us so okay love you guys hope you're doing great send you lots of love as usual and let me know which archetype you resonate with okay bye